Welcome to Awesome with Allison. And Eric, too. Yeah. I'm Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I am here with the one and only, the sexy, the beautiful, the burly, the talented, Mr. Eric Robertson. Just shaking my head. We are in Pleasant Pictures Studio, and it is a fantastic day. How are you doing, human listening? Not you, Eric. I'm asking the human listening. <laughs> I almost answered. <laughs> I know. You thought I was talking to you. No, no, dear friend. I am talking to you. How are you doing? Thank you for being here. I am so excited that you're here because today is episode 50. 50! I need some 50 cent right here. Go shawty, it's your birthday. We gonna party like it's your birthday. We gonna sip a party like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give up because that's your birthday. You can find me in the club. 50, episode 50, and we have an extra special guest. Today is going after your dreams like a barracuda with Miss Rachel Hollis. Now, Rachel has no idea that I titled this episode Going After Your Dreams Like a Barracuda. And I can't wait for her to realize that I have deemed her a barracuda because you you have no idea what is about to go down. The life-changing tips that she is going to share, tips that have changed my life. And if you don't know who Rachel Hollis is, I'm excited because that means I get to introduce you to somebody who I admire, somebody I look up to, and honestly, somebody that I just really flat out respect. Miss Rachel Hollis, or Rachel Hollis, is the founder of a lifestyle website called The Chic Site. And honestly, you guys, Rachel is kind of a lot like me in that she has been doing this for over 10 years. She has a lifestyle site. She is also a New York Times bestselling author with her newest book, Girl, Wash Your Face. I absolutely loved this book. It is her sixth book. And when I interview Rachel, we actually just start out by getting right into what it has been like for her to accomplish this dream. So if you haven't visited Rachel before, you absolutely need to follow her on Instagram, M-S, Rachel Hollis, that's H-O-L-L-I-S. We link to her book. We link to her site. We also link to her phenomenal conference, Rise. I was honored and lucky enough to speak at Rise the first year in Austin. Was it in Austin? You came too, huh, Eric? Yeah, I was there in Austin. It was in Austin, Texas, and it was amazing. How fun was it, Eric? Extra fun. Well, you got to hear Rachel speak, or did just I hear her speak? I didn't hear I saw her on a panel, but I didn't see her keynote. Okay, when I heard Rachel speak, and you know, I had seen her online, and she has an amazing podcast, too. We're going to link to her podcast. And when I had... um gone to her conference. I hadn't met her in person yet. And she invited me to come and speak. And it was so flattering. And Eric and I went out to Austin. And when I heard her speak, I want you to know what I did. She walked back to the speaker's lounge. And when she walked back, I got on my knees and I bowed to her. And am I dramatic? Am I over the top? Yes, I am. But that is how much her words impacted me and how much of a real deal this dynamo is. And so I can't wait. We're actually just going to jump right in to the episode. But I want to make sure that if nothing else, you take this away. As I have been privileged to get to meet people like Rachel Hollis and other really successful people, time and time again, the lesson that I am left with is that they are at their core good humans who are doing everything they can to try to make this world as best they can and make them the best versions of themselves that they can. And this has seriously like restored my faith in humanity. I didn't ever really lose my faith in humanity, but like, honestly, these are just good people. And so before you start to separate yourself or start to think when Rachel's talking about going after dreams that you could never do this, one reason why I love Rachel so much is she doesn't try to make it sound easy. She doesn't edit parts about there being hard work. And she 
she honestly is one of the hardest working people that I've ever encountered. And so I just look up to her so much. It was an honor to get to talk to her. And we are going to jump right in speaking to Rachel, talking to her about what it was like to achieve this dream of becoming a New York Times bestselling author. And I hope you love the takeaways as much as I do. We are here with Miss Rachel Hollis. Miss Rachel Hollis is so hot right now. She is on fire. (laughs) And there are so many things, like I just said about Rachel, there are so many things we could talk about. But what I kind of want to talk about right now, which I feel like is just the biggest mic drop, is I'm so sorry, but you're a New York Times bestselling author. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, by the way. Me too. (laughs) Like, how do you even process that? You know, honestly, it was truly a lifelong dream. Since I was a little girl, I've wanted to be an author. And once I got old enough to understand kind of the publishing world and everything that wrapped up in it, that was this like dangling golden carrot. To be a New York Times bestselling author is, I think, what every author dreams of. I I don't know anybody who doesn't want that. And I was no exception. I definitely hoped and prayed and tried my hardest. And this was, I, I, I love being able to talk about this process because I feel like it's so important for other dreamers to mm. hear that my journey has been so slow. So uh, this is my, uh, Girl, Wash Your Face is my sixth book to come out. And ah, that makes I, me want to die because yeah. I want my yeah. first book to be a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sixth book. Okay, oh. so it is a long process from there to here. And I, I had put this on Instagram the day that it happened. I had a bottle of um, champagne, a really fancy champagne that someone had given us. And a decade ago, I put a, I wrote a tag that said New York Times bestseller, and I attached it to the champagne bottle, and it has followed us from house to house. And I would see it and I would remember like someday, someday, someday. And um, I will tell you that I knew going into this book that it was the best chance I had ever had before. But yeah. New York Times is a really elusive thing. Nobody can tell you exactly how you get on it because it's not just book sales. It's also press and attention. And the rule of thumb is you do a really big pre-order campaign. You ask everybody to buy your book before it comes out. And the reason you do that is because the day the book comes out, all of those pre-order sales count as one day's sale. Mm. So you have the best chance of making the list because maybe you've got, you know, 10,000 pre-orders that all hit on day one. And maybe the New York Times is like, oh, that's a big deal. Let's put her on the list. I, so that very I first, love it. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, I just, yeah. I love you and I love it. And I want everyone to know I'm practicing so hard. I usually go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I had someone send me an angry note about my podcast because I always go, hmm, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like I disagree. And someone's like, that's very distracting. Can you please stop? So I have to work so hard not to do it. We give you and I both, we, I would assume you love them too. I love verbal affirmation. I like yes. to know that I'm doing a good job and I want other people they to know. Agreed. So like, Hey, I'm feeling what you're saying. Amen. I, I see you. Amen. So, so yes, yeah, thank so, you. Everybody know that I'm amening and <laughs> and Rachel, keep going, girl. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. So, um, that first week I was like nervous and excited and maybe that Wednesday following, which is when you find out, um, they sent me a note and said, you know, Hey, it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it's on the list. No. And I was devastated. I was so sad. I just, Oh my gosh. I was so sad. And I, you know, I absolutely allowed myself a couple hours to be sad. And the thing is I fully recognize what a blessing it is to have a book, how grateful it is to like all the things, right? I'm not taking away from Yeah, yeah, all the things. (laughs) You know, the things that like people are going to get mad on you on social media, like how dare you take it for granted. But it just was my like goal for myself and I'm sad that it didn't happen. And the thing was too, I had told my tribe that this was a childhood dream. I'd never admitted it before. Mm. I felt like I had called my shot and now they were invested in it with me. Mm. So not only was I disappointed, but they were sad. And I just felt like, oh my gosh, it was horrible. Well, um, so probably six or seven weeks, no more than that, a couple of months went by and I, the book has sold better every week, which is, thank you God, it's a miracle. It's amazing. Um, But I saw a number come up on my phone to Nashville, which is where my publisher is based. And I thought, oh, that's that's funny. And I, I, it's a work from home day. So my entire staff's gone. I was just by myself in the office and I answered it and it was the publisher 
was like, hey, Rachel, it's Brian. And I thought, I'm, I've either made the list or I'm about to be fired. Like, I don't even know if you can fire an author, <laughs> but I feel like I'm in trouble. Um, he's like, the whole team's here. You know, we just want to tell you, um, we're looking at the New York Times bestsellers list and you're on it. And they knew what a big deal it was. For, I'm like getting to her. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah. They knew what a big deal it was for me. And I literally like collapsed into the floor, but I couldn't. I, you asked how do we process it. I couldn't. I couldn't. Do you ever yeah. have something that feels so big you can't feel it? Yeah, I, I don't know how I have how else a, to describe that. a very real. I was at H and M trying on clothes. And it was the last day that my audio courses and I had this huge impossible goal that I never, it didn't look like we were going to hit the goal. And then in the last day we hit it mm-hmm. and um, I was on the floor of H&M like kind of crying, kind of happy, just like. But you're like, I don't, yeah. Like literally was, unable like, can't, to, to process. I can't feel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't feel this. Um, and I was like, you guys, I promise I'm so excited. I just need a minute. I'll call you later and like freak out about it. Yeah. Cause they were so excited and I felt like bad that I couldn't get there with them. And then I called Dave, who is my husband. Yeah. Um, I called him and once I told him, then I started sobbing cause he's my person. Yeah. So once he knew then it was real to me and I just, I'm so, I'm so, so, so grateful. This is absolutely a hundred percent the tribe, the fans showing up for me and telling their friends and buying copies for their mom. I am on that list because these women have been loving and supportive of me and my career. So it's been um, such a blessing. Well, okay. Um, one, I'm so happy for you. And I, have been watching, obviously, super, (laughs) super invested. Rachel was kind enough to send me an early version of her book, which truth be told, I only got partway because it wasn't an audio book. And I have such a, because if it's not an audio, like I'm so trained to read books with audio. Um, And then also, and I'm only sharing this so everyone knows to push past it. Very early in your book, you say that you give up Diet Coke. And and that was just, Yeah. So hard for me to accept. I needed to take a week a week to process <laughs> yes. it. No, I no, forgot no. that about you. It was yes. really, it yeah, was really okay. just okay. the audiobook. And so when I, you know, right when the book came out and I I read an actual book, like I have the actual book. I read the whole thing in one day and I absolutely loved it. So then I, you know, was watching you on your tours. And obviously I want to write a book and I want all yeah. the same things. So of course I'm super invested. And when I saw you post the picture, I'm gonna cry. When I saw you post the picture of the champagne I legit started crying for you oh you're so sweet thank (laughs) you no but and I love this is what I love and this is what I want to point out and then ask Rachel some questions because whether or not you guys at home want to write a book or you have a dream or you have a project there are so many steps that Rachel just outlined in accomplishing your dreams and accomplishing your goals that I think that can be easy to overlook as you get caught up in the story you put yourself in the story and you start thinking, I can't accomplish my dream. So what I want to yeah. do is I want to, first thing you pointed out was this was not your first rodeo. This was not your first book, right? Yes. No, no, this is book six, you guys. Yeah. And it's worth like, you have to know too, that it's like, I, I think part of the reason that I had this obsession with making this list is, and I, I talk about this in, in, in this book, but the very first book I wrote was fiction mm-hmm. and every publisher, and I mean, literally every publisher in the U S turned it down and said, nobody's going to buy this. This is not like nobody. And it gave me absolutely feelings and complexes about myself as a writer. It is just so easy when you say nobody said yes to just mm-hmm. keep going to the next part of the story. But like I'm emailing editors and book agents mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And yeah. It, and I, I said to Eric, there is this box that I can put myself in where it says, I know this doesn't define me as a person. I know this doesn't define me as a writer, but it is mm-hmm. really hard to stay in that box. Right? Yes. Like, yes. Because it's like you, you, you know, what a wonderful world it would be if we all just created and we didn't need anybody to validate it. We didn't need to put it anywhere, but you do want it published. You do want people to be able to hold it in their hands and see it in the world. And so you do have to put yourself out there and you open yourself up to the criticism 
And I wish that I could tell you like it didn't affect me, but it did. And it ended up being, you know, my story's awesome yeah. because we found a way through like everybody turned the book down. I had a good long cry. I thought my career was as a writer was over and my dreams were dead. And I ended up self-publishing that book which ended up selling hundreds of thousands of copies, which launched my publishing career, which then had publishers coming to me and and offering me book deals that I never would have gotten. But even still, like there is this, you, you, there's this kind of like, I had, I had, um, oh, I, I don't know another way to say this, like the fans or the tribe or the people hanging out with me online, I just kind of think of them as my friends. Yeah. So I'm like, well, they're my friends and they're buying it because they want to be supportive of me. I feel but, that way about every single product right, that anybody right? buys. Yeah, but it's like, it's if, a favor. If, if a bigger entity likes it, then maybe that validates me as, as a writer. And yeah. I know, I know that's dumb, but I'm still human. And, you know, sometimes I fall into that trap. Well, and, and I love it because again, it's so easy to brush over it and say, everyone turned me down and I cried and I picked myself back up. But yeah. I just, I want everyone to sit in that for a moment and imagine how many people telling you no. And you actually have such a good story around this. And I think on um, Jenna Kutcher's Gold Digger, you go uh-huh. really in depth. And so if anyone else wants more, go listen over there because there's even more to that story, right? It, yeah. it wasn't even yeah. just, oh, and then I self-published, right? Like mm-hmm. there's even more. And I think that's the yeah. other thing that I love that you share is you make a real effort to always share. There's more to the story than yeah. the success. And I, you know, I'm a big, big believer. I think that the majority of my success is because... I have worked my butt off, worked my butt off. And because I have not taken no for an answer, yep. I, I, I don't let anybody else tell me what I can have. I don't care what it is I'm going after. I will find a way, but I think that I'm able to better take on that statement. Cause it sounds very grandiose. Like, Oh, nobody gets to tell me no yeah. because I'm very patient. Mm. And that is a piece that I feel like is missing for a lot of dreamers that I talk to is they have given themselves a deadline or they've given themselves an end date and it doesn't happen by the time they thought it should. And so they think there's no value in the dream. Um, when I tell you this is my sixth book, um, this is over a decade of trying to get to this place of having this, um, this moment of success and any, anything I, I was on a podcast the other day, bless, bless, bless their heart. They said, what does it feel like to be an overnight success? And I had to stop myself. Like I almost laughed yes. because I was like, are you kidding? Like I've had my company, I've been building my platform for 14 years. Yeah. What are you taught? This is not an, over- and maybe it seems like that from the outside, but I want to like demystify that because if you're watching, you know, my career or Allison's career or any of these people that you see and admire on social or who have blogs or who are writers, and you're thinking that we lucked into this or this happened yesterday, what you don't see is the decade of work of time away from our kids, of staying up late, of doing the work that nobody else wanted to do to get to this place. And I think that there's such power in that because I really believe that the, a willingness to do hard work every day over and over and over again, like a willingness to do, to live the kind of life that other people aren't willing to live, to give up things that other people aren't willing to give up means that you get to have the kind of life that other people will never get to have. I love that. I love that. And this is just, everyone knows, this is like great therapy for me. I'm feeling lots of good feelings. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> good. And Rachel, I, I, because I know you can hold this and we can have a good conversation about this. Um, so... I got hit by a car, remember? Yes, and yes. Then, and then we were going to do this interview, and you had a crazy schedule, and I was in bed just being hit by a car. There, I couldn't go to your party. Like, there were all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And I have been wanting to write my book, and I've been working on my book, and then I just felt so... I've been feeling very behind and then mm-hmm. I can't remember why I feel so behind and I'll be like, oh yeah, remember when I got hit by that car and it took me out? Yeah. And it's like this weird disassociation and so right around the time when I'm starting starting to feel this like panic, like I'm so far behind, I'm watching your book go berserk mm-hmm. and I got mm-hmm. really jealous, right? Yeah. In this... No, I, I hear that. I, I understand yeah, that. Yeah, and I was really jealous and not like... 
I know how hard you work. I've watched <laughs> you put organization and organizing your behind the scenes as a priority instead of social media growth on every platform as a priority, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. that means one thing that I think you do really, really, really well is you focus on the long-term goals rather than the mm-hmm. short-term goals. Yeah. And when I, I just want to throw this out there because I'm friends with Rachel. Like I have Rachel's phone number. Like, I, I, don't, <laughs> I mean, we're not like, I mean, like we've met a few times. I know we're not like the yeah. best friends in the world, yeah. but like I would call you, you know? Yeah, totally. And so for me, what I needed to do, and in case anybody is in this situation is I was like, wow, Rachel, thank you for helping me realize how important my book is to me. Because mm, I great. I only get jealous about things that I really care about that I'm not doing as much as I should be. Mm, that's such good. That is such a good word. Well, and, and thank you because I knew the book was important in this. And so like literally like I've gone next level where I've, you know, done certain parts. I've gone to conferences. I've reached out to people. I've gotten more specific <laughs> about the outline and different things like that, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm moving the project along. So I just want to point that out though, is like, man, I'm friends with her. I don't begrudge her anything. Yes. But when you see someone and you are hurting and feeling jealous, just thank them. And then you know what I did is I reached out and I congratulated her. Yeah. To run, to- I, I, and the thing is, I love you for saying that because I, this happens to all of us. Yeah. I, I think like if you're some angel perfect being who doesn't ever see anybody else's success and like, let it hurt your heart a little bit. Great. But yeah. that's not me. Yeah, me I definitely have those <laughs> moments. Um, and I think one of the things that I, I'm trying to remember who I heard say this, I can't remember who it was, but I love this advice. I heard it on podcasts like a year ago. This woman said, anytime that I see someone else's success and it makes me jealous, I immediately make myself stop and pray for more success for her. Mm. Like I make myself focus on her, like let, let this manifest times 10, let it even be bigger. Let it like, I make myself pray. And I, that I just thought was such an incredible, um, um, just attitude to have toward anybody else. I love because that. Sometimes it's like the last thing I want to do. Yeah, is you know, like oh, let her even have more millions of dollars, Lord. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I right? do think that that reminds me of I even if it's not even if it doesn't come naturally to me, that is who I want to be. I want to be the kind of woman that only wants the absolute best for every other woman, especially my contemporaries, especially my friends. So even if it's not my instinct, I have adopted that habit. I love that. And there's a part in your book, actually, where you talk about that, where you are at a marathon and you're cheering for the strangers. And that's in... So I want to talk more about Girl, Wash Your Face. Stop believing the lies about who you are so you can be become who you were meant to be. Do you think I did that pretty good? You did that really good. (laughs) And there is, I just, I loved that part so much. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Because I think it really ties into what we're talking about. Yeah. So, um, I am a long distance runner. I do half marathons. I've done a full, um, it's a, it's a big part of my life. It's something I'm really proud of. And I had an experience a couple of years ago where a bunch of new friends, I hadn't known them like when they started their um, training for a half marathon, but I became friends with them about halfway through and I found that they were doing this race and I was like, oh my gosh, how fun. They were going to San Francisco and they were doing the Nike women's half and I just wanted a weekend away and they were like, oh, you should come, you should come with us to San Francisco. And I thought, well, shoot, yes, that feels like a great idea. I'll escape all my millions of children and drive up, drive up. California with you. And I got there and I had, um, the day of racing, I I had a lot of, um, not great feelings because I, I'm, I am a competitive person with myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not competitive with other people, but I really, that's why long distance running is such a high for me because the only person I'm competing with is me. Yeah. Um, and in this instance, I was really struggling with the fact that I was with this group of women And they were about to go do something I knew that I could do, but I wasn't getting the chance to compete. Mm. And I ended up um, going to cheer for them. I walked to the finish line so that I could be there 
when they were all, you know, coming into the race, whatever. And I got there probably a couple of hours before they were going to cross the finish line and stood there. It still makes me emotional to talk about it. Stood there waiting. And it was the first time I've done all of these races and, and other people who run long distance will know what I'm talking about. But when yeah. you do a half marathon or a full, there are people, they're elite runners. So they're the best of the best. They fly in from all over the world to compete in these races. And they're like gazelles. They're the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your yeah. whole life. Um, and they can just, you can't even believe their bodies are machines. They're amazing. And so I'm standing there um, waiting at the finish line. And I see, um, this is, I'm such a nerd that this is going to make me cry. But I see these elite runners coming in, which was something I'd never gotten to see before. And so I'm cheering for them. And it was like such a special experience as a runner to see the best athletes in this field. And then I stood there for two hours and cheered, like cheered until my voice was gone, clapped and screamed and yelled all the things that I wish people would yell at me when I'm struggling Just, and trying I'm to I'm a long distance runner too. And I'm crying now. I'm literally yeah, crying. No, because it's like, like so special. It is I so never, emotional. I've like, <laughs> done it a million times. Like I've run in a million races, but I've never cheered for other people. Yes. And then to get to watch my friends, some of whom were running their first half marathon, and it was just so emotional for them. And I was, um, I had cheered for hours, and they ran past me, I was freaking out, and then I was running to go, like, give them a hug. And I just heard God speak over me, like, look at all you would have missed today if you were only here for yourself. I have that look underlined. I have that underlined. I'm looking at yeah. it, and I was going to read yeah. it if you didn't get to it. <laughs> <laughs> So um, it was just such a special experience. Like, man, I'm I am um, such an achiever, and I'm constantly trying to like be the best version of me. And I miss out on the chance to really show up for other people because I'm so like trying so hard to be over here achieving for myself. So that was just a um, a really powerful moment. For me. And you know, I think maybe one of the reasons why it spoke to me so much in that situation was because by being taken out and in bed and unable to achieve the things I usually achieve, like... Uh-huh. I can look at that as being put on the sidelines and being given the opportunity to be a cheerleader for women like you right now, you know? Oh, yes. And so yes. I just, I love that so much. And I think also, again, I think it's great because women listening and men listening, they might identify with us, the achiever, the doer. <laughs> but then I always talk about the strength of supporters and they're like unsung heroes and how much I appreciate them because it doesn't come naturally to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's even like, um, you know, the, the moms who volunteer at school. Oh, they're so who great. I think are the, like the, the superheroes of the so world. They're so great. They really are. Yeah. Cause I, it's not my thing. It's not yeah. my spiritual gifting. I'm so grateful for the moms who are really into it. It's not, it's not mine. So yeah, I'm, I love the, the, it takes all kinds of kinds. You I know? love it. Takes it. Everybody coming together to make something really special. So I love that. So I want to talk about girl, wash your face. And I love, I thought it was so clever. The way that you structured the book is each chapter begins with a lie that you tell yourself and then kind of shares a story from your personal life of how you discovered this lie. And then you offer advice for overcoming this lie and combating it. Right. Mm -hmm. And this yeah. is because of the nature of our podcast, Awesome with Allison, the whole goal is that people feel a, a little more awesome than they did before. We, Eric and I get this question a lot, and it's a really interesting question. And so I wanted to see what you thought about it. How do you become more self-aware? Because in order to write the book about these lies that you tell yourself, that takes a lot of self-awareness. And Eric mm -hmm. and I have our ways that we become self-aware, but I think that possibly for people like you and I, we are reflectors, writers, creators. Mm -hmm. We do it pretty naturally, but I might just be mm -hmm. assuming that. Maybe it's something, I would just love to know your process a little bit. Well, so I'll start by saying when I started writing this book, I didn't know they were lies. Ooh, I, ooh, yeah, I, yeah, I literally just got out a piece of paper and thought, I'm going to write every hard thing that I've ever walked through. Um, so it started with, I my intention with the book was... I get emails and direct messages from women all over the world every day, just like I'm sure you do. And women are constantly asking me for advice. 
on everything from how do you get a job to how do I fix my marriage to my my kids addicted to drugs to just really heavy, intense things. It's the inbox and is real heavy, but it's a it's a privilege. Yeah, but it's real heavy. It's a privilege, yeah. but it also is like there's no way that I can properly respond to them all, especially not knowing a full backstory. Mm. So I would re- I would reply to women and I would say. Um, you know, you're strong, you're a warrior, you could do anything. But I didn't ever feel like I was really getting, getting to a deeper level. And one of my friends said to me, well, what would you say to women if you could say anything? Mm. And what I, my, I knew my answer immediately, but it was kind of harsh, Yeah. which was stop reaching out to a stranger on the internet and fix your own life. Wash your face, because Wash your face, girl. So for me, um, I'm really passionate about the idea that you, me, anybody listening to this is in control of what happens next. But I also recognize that that you may not believe that. You're like, oh, Rachel, with your hair extensions and your pretty Instagram. <laughs> I knew that people would challenge me for saying that if I didn't tell you what I had walked through to get to that belief. Mm. If I didn't tell you about my trauma and my pain and the times that I had um, fought my way back from um, really dark seasons. And so I thought, okay, the way that they're going to believe this truth is if I give them real examples from my life. And so I got out that notebook and I just wrote, what were the hardest things that have happened to me? Um, Losing my brother to suicide, my parents' divorce, abusing my body with food, abusing my body with alcohol, um, struggling as a mom, struggling in my marriage, like all the things. Mm. And as I started to, I just took those in chunks. It was like the most depressing list you've ever seen in your life. And I just would start to write on those seasons. And I got about halfway through and I was trying to find the thread. And I all of a sudden thought, oh my gosh, every time that I was dealing with something hard, it was a lie. It was a lie that I was telling myself or, you know, the devil himself. Like there was a lie that was that was being fed into my life that I bought mm. into. And it created all of these really hard seasons. And by getting past that lie, by by having friends or family or therapy or books or my faith, like breathe into, um, the truth was really how I got past that. So I think for me, um, it's exactly what you said. I'm a writer. I'm very reflective, but I'm also constantly trying to figure out how to, uh, this is going to sound very dramatic, but how to suffer less. So oh, that's not me, dramatic. That is, I mean, that's the goal of my whole podcast, right? 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 Like, <laughs> so like anxiety, panic attacks, depression, um, problems in my marriage, beating myself up as a mom, all of these things to me are suffering. And I don't think we have to live in that place. But the only way that you get out of those places is that you arm yourself with the tools to get past them. You arm yourself with better habits. You arm yourself with like the arsenal of things that's going to help you navigate around it. How good is this interview with Rachel? I am interrupting because like Rachel just talked about arming yourself with tools, arming yourself with better habits. I have to bring up that right now, my Year of Awesome calendar, which is a monthly system for helping you cultivate awesome attributes and our I'm Freaking Grateful Gratitude practices, which are both tools that Eric and I personally use and share with others to create a life that they want. Right now, they are on sale for half off. It is June and the year is exactly half over, which means there is exactly six months left to make 2018 the year that you want it to be. And that's why we are doing a half off sale on Allison's Year of Awesome system. There are calendars with monthly attributes and weekly challenges. And guess what? Even though you missed the first half of the year, you're still going to get all of that information, all of those challenges. Um, So you can print them in a book-like format and have them as a planner for the rest of the year. You can print my big oversized 
wall calendars. But the most important part of the Year of Awesome program is that it gives you access to our private Facebook group and our private Facebook lives. And we're going to start text messaging if you want the weekly challenges. And honestly, it just becomes a place to be held accountable for not just achieving goals because we're not just trying to achieve goals. It's a place to become accountable on becoming intentional about the actions you're taking in your life and about cultivating those awesome attributes. And you can roll those up and bundle them with the I'm Freaking Grateful Gratitude Practices, which is the number one thing that I attribute letting go of a ton of my anxiety and a ton of my stress. Doing those gratitude practices has changed my life and it has changed the lives of hundreds and hundreds of other people too. So if you want to check that out, go to imdoingawesome.com, imdoingawesome.com, and that will give you all of the information. No code is necessary. It's just half off, but it's for a limited time through the month of June. And that is the sponsor, me. I'm the sponsor. Let's get back to Rachel. Um, so I'm constantly, constantly looking at my life from my day. And if something, you know, like, let's say, uh, let's say I had a hard day. I come home and I like binge eat everything. I'm an emotional eater. So like I binge eat everything and then I feel like garbage and I'm mad at myself. I'm like, man, you just blew your diet. And now you feel sick to your stomach. Um, instead of like, you know, punching myself in the face emotionally, I will just, okay, what set this off? At what point in the day did you feel like, when did the anxiety kick in? When did this go past the point that you could solve it in another way? What could you have done differently? Mm. Like, how could you have maybe gone for a run or made out with Dave or watched a comedy special on Netflix or read a romance novel about a vampire? Like, what could you have done earlier so it didn't get to this place of suffering? I so I'm love constantly that. looking at my life and trying to reassess how I could have done it better. Like as a mom, if I get to a place where like, uh, I got, I got really frustrated. I screamed at my kids. Uh, you know, okay. When did this go wrong? How could we have navigated that an hour ago? So we didn't get here. I love that. And so I think just what everybody needs to get out their notebook and get out their phone and write down these two questions. The first one, what set this off? Mm -hmm. That's such an amazing question. Like what, what did this stem from? And then your second question of what could I have done earlier? Mm -hmm. And that's genius. Rachel Hollis is a genius. (laughs) This is why you should listen to her podcast, follow her on Instagram, buy her book. Drink her Kool-Aid. It's refreshing (laughs) and delicious. Okay, I love, 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 love that. When I was listening to you, yes, I have been doing my due diligence, everyone. I've been stalking Rachel Hollis. When I was listening to you on Amy Porterfield's podcast, which, P.S., by the way, any of my business people, Amy Porterfield's podcast is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And yep. you talked about your journal where yes. you write things down and I was going to call you and make you go into more detail, but I was like, I'll just get you to do it on the podcast. Yes, ma'am. I'm happy to do it. Uh, yeah, I, I have it. It's actually sitting here next to me. This is life-changing information. Everyone needs to brace themselves <laughs> for life-changing information. And now I will be quiet. It is yours. Yeah. So I write down every single day, the 10 goals that I have for my life. Um, I mean, immediate goals, because Lord knows, like I've got a million goals for my life, but 10 big goals I have for my life as if they've already happened. Because I read once, I'm a huge, I know you are too, but I'm a huge book nerd podcast. Like I'm obsessed with the idea that anything we want to know how to do better exists on the internet for free. So when I say that I'm constantly trying to figure out how to not suffer, I really am. Yes. And I read this book that where someone talked about the idea of writing down a goal as if it was already done. Mm. Because if you write down something like, I want to fill in the blank, or like, I want to lose 10 pounds, your brain is focusing on the want to, mm. like it sees that it's a um, something that it needs to do, but you're not really giving it the solution. Mm. It was The idea was that um, our subconscious is very smart. And if you just started being very intentional with, um, I am, you know, let's say like I am in, in fantastic physical shape. I'm in fantastic physical shape. Let's say you write that down every single day. Your mind focuses on that as the goal instead of on the want to as the goal. Yeah. So it's like, okay, fantastic physical shape. Now your brain starts to try and help you figure out how to get there. What are the steps that I need to do to get to that place? 
So every single day I write down my 10 things and I, I know I'm going to sound like a weird hippie right now, but it is astonishing to me how many of them, just this practice in the last year or two, how many things have happened on that list without me even realizing that they were like, it's a, you know, manifestation or whatever you want to call it. But just like, this is my goal. I also think it's a really powerful tool to remind myself what I am headed to. So if you have listeners, and I know you do who are business owners, like you yeah. are, I think it is very easy to get distracted <laughs> by money, by money. Right? So I heard someone say this once, they were like, you know, you start chasing money, you don't even mean to, mm. but you're like, Oh, wait, I could do that. And then I oh, I could do this. And wait, I could do. And then all of a sudden, six months have gone by, and you haven't focused at all on the goals that were really important to you and are really important to you because you've been chasing all this other stuff. That's so, so powerful. And what's interesting is, so we have some gratitude practices that we sell and we have a free one. It's episode 24 on the podcast. And a big part of it is you start being grateful for things as if they have already happened. And it's that, Mm -hmm. it's that same principle, but I have not yet thought to write down my goals as if they have already Mm -hmm. happened. And so, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a that's been a big one. I love it. And I think that a lot of people misinterpret the law of attraction or, Mm -hmm. you know, the secret or whatever you want to refer to it as just like, oh, Rachel writing down these goals, they magically happen. No, it's that your your actions start to align with your intentions. And let me let me give you a great example. of One of the ones on my list that has happened. So about a year ago, um, I started writing and some people are going to find this obnoxious, but this is just the truth. I started writing I only fly first class. Respect. I only fly first class. I travel maybe four times a month. And when I'm traveling, it's like, I know you know this. It's like, I'm going to go speak on a stage. So not only am I traveling, but I've now got to basically perform. I've got to be at Mm -hmm. the top of my game. Oftentimes I'm traveling to the East Coast. I'm exhausted. And so I just, in my head, I was like, I, I really want to get to a place in my career where I don't have to fly coach because I'm on the road too much. And so I was not anywhere close to having the kind of finances at the company where we could afford first class travel. Yeah. But I just wrote it down every day. I only fly first class. I only fly first class. And it was the simplest answer in the entire world that my brain did not see until I had written it down like a hundred times, which was what, what, so I would make my list every day. I'll write down my things and then I'll look at it and go, is there anything I can do today, right now today that will get me closer to any of these 10 things? Okay. So just, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but I want to know how many times, so you have 10 things and how many times do you write down each thing? Once, twice? Until until they're done. Oh no. I, yeah. So every day it's 10 different things. But I'm writing down the same things every day until I achieve that goal. Okay, so you're writing like one through ten over mm-hmm. and over every day until over it's achieved. Okay, every day. Okay, I love that. Uh, so I um, for for this one, one day I just looked at that like I only fly first class, and I uh, oftentimes when you're like not making progress on something, I want to encourage you to ask a better question. Mm, ask a better yes. question. So for this, I'm like, wait a minute, how? Is there any way right now that I have, how could I possibly fly first class every time I'm traveling? And it's the easiest answer in the world, which was I started telling people, if you want me to speak, I only fly first class. Oh my gosh. I don't pay for my trips. I don't pay for my trips. Okay, but and we, now, yeah, we had people who were like, oh, well, we can't afford that. And I just stuck to my guns. Like, I totally understand. But given my given my schedule, I can only do it if you can if I can fly first class. And now I do, and I don't pay for it. Rachel, my jaw is on the floor. My jaw is on the floor. (laughs) Right? It's like so dumb and obvious, but until someone else, like it was just like a different one day, something just clicked and I thought, oh my gosh, wait a minute. And I just set the standard for myself because the standard is I only fly first class and I'm not going to apologize about what it takes to get me to speak somewhere. So pro tip, (laughs) I agree with you. People talk about like, oh, manifest this or the secret that. It's not like you write it down and magically happens. You write it down and then you start to focus on how do I work to get to that place? 
there's a, there's a couple of pieces that go into this. So, um, a, I've got to stick to my guns and say, this is, this is what needs to happen. But B, I also knew the value in myself as a speaker. I worked so hard to do a good job. My, the audience is going to get really tangible, great takeaways for me. I'm going to inspire and like, PS, I've sat and watched you do the exact same thing. So the same thing goes for you. I've sat and and watched you and I know you're worth it. So (laughs) yeah. So it's like, if I have to believe that I have that value, I also think part of, um, being able to speak and interact more with other speakers Mm. has been a really great gift in my life because Mm. when you talk to people who do this professionally, not like us where it's like here and there, but there are yeah. people who literally it's their only job. They just are speakers. Yeah. Um, they're like, well, of course you only fly first class. What are you talking about? It's not even a question. Like Ooh. someone the other day I was on the phone with a speaking agent cause I was just asking 9 million questions and I'm not going to say the price, but she told me how much it costs for Mel Robbins to come and speak at an event. And I was like, oh, what, what, okay, well, I'm not going to feel, but like nobody yeah. ever questions that Mel is worth that. Cause she's awesome. So you're, she, she just says, this is what I charge and I'm not leaving my house unless you pay this amount. And here, here's what it is. Well, the other thing I love about Mel Robbins is if you've visited her Instagram, visited her website, the number one thing you know about her is that she is the number one booked female speaker in the world. Yep. It's yep. literally listed everywhere. And so I'm like, well, of course, but she's, I'm sure that she is the number one, but it's also like she is declaring it. And so it is so. Know. You know what? I thought the same thing, dude. I'm so glad that you just said that yeah. because I thought the same thing. I'm like, is she? But how would we know if she's right, not? Like, really? How would we know? Who determined it? And so I love, so there's two takeaways that I get from that other than you're a friggin' genius, which is the overall <laughs> takeaway, right? Was one is that owning your power and you've been speaking and working on stages for a really long time. So you really mm-hmm. have the the chops to back it up, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, then you just, yes. you owned that power. And then two, you widened your circle so that you were interacting with people who actually had valuable input on the topic rather than going to your girlfriends and saying, hey, girlfriends who've never asked for a speaking fee. Actually, you're like me. So your girlfriends probably have, but you- No, I didn't know anybody. I did not know anybody. And I think that is such a good point is like finding resources in the area that you're trying to grow in really, really matters. And sometimes I just like to point out the things you're doing that are so genius because I think maybe they're just second nature to you at this point, you know? Okay, so I I love that. Here's a a little, um, just on that tip, because it is an area that has recently grown a lot for me, Mm -hmm. is this speaking was, speaking something I really love, love talking to crowds, knew I had a book coming out, like speaking is a great way to support a book, all the stuff, right? So something that I did was I had vaguely like on the fringe known a friend of a friend who was a speaker. And I knew that he was a speaker. He had tons of knowledge. He was killing it. I also knew that he wasn't killing it. I think he could, he would like be okay with me saying this. Social media is not his strong suit. So I was like, yo, you have a ton of really valuable information that I could use as a speaker. And I have a ton of valuable information you can use as, as a social influencer. Mm. Will you have a call with me and let's trade info. And we have talked maybe every six weeks for the last, I don't know, six months or something. And his knowledge has literally changed that area of my business completely. So I think if you're listening to this and there's an area that you want to grow in or something that you want to know, I don't mean that you reach out to like the biggest grade, you know, oh, you want to know about um, Instagram. So you're going to ask Allison to have a private call with you, but finding someone where it's a non-compete, you're not competing against each other, but you have really valuable information. You can add value to them in exchange for what they can offer you has been really successful for me. I love that. And again, really coming at it from a place of, I know I have something to offer. Maybe I'm not in his realm in this area, but like owning your power and having the confidence in what you have as a creator. Absolutely. Which I think can be the biggest obstacle 
for most people. Yeah. I talked earlier today with Erin Condren, but she was so great. And she was talking about, um, I said, you know, how did you have the courage when you're like, you know, you're a mom of twins, you're like printing stuff in your living room and trying to sell it to people for holiday cards. How did you have the courage to do it? And she was like, you have to. And she, uh, my favorite quote from the podcast today was creativity takes courage. You have to, like, if you're going to put the time and energy and love into making something, you've got to find the power. Like, you got to find the willingness, even if you're faking it, to put it out into the world. I love that. I love, love, love that. We're all so much smarter now, Rachel. We're all <laughs> geniuses. We're all going to write down our goals as, as if they have already happened 10 times every morning. And now I kind of have a few, they don't need to be rapid fire because I could never in my life do anything rapid fire. So I wouldn't put that pressure on you. But I just have a few unrelated questions. Do you have a pump up song? Oh, I. how would I even choose one? Um, I know it's I have- Difficult. So many. It's difficult. Um, probably, probably I'll go with um, what we do at Rise, which is uh, "Can't Hold Us" by Matt. Like the ceiling can't hold us. Can we go back? Rachel's conference. It's for women. And do you have 2019 on the calendar? We sure do. Um, We're actually doing two things this next year. We're doing the Rise Tour, which is January and February. So we're going to six cities throughout the U.S. And those are just little like mini events. And then our major event is in Minneapolis. Get ready. (laughs) Minneapolis in June. That is amazing. And I mean, I just feel really special because I spoke at the... You did, girl. You brought it down. I mean, you you need to come back to Minneapolis with us and do it again. We're going to hit up the... I was going to I don't even know what is it, Twin Cities? I don't even know what Minneapolis's claim to fame is. I'm terrible. Uh, the problem whenever we talk about Minnesota is I immediately want to go into my very bad Minnesota accent from Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. That which feels is, fine. That feels like people which, from Minnesota would love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Allison Janney, she is just hitting on this young bartender and she goes, if you throw that and catch it in your mouth, I'll give you a present. And so anyway, <laughs> that's that's always where I go with that. Okay, so can't hold us. And what are two to three things that you do when you need to boost your mood? When you're feeling like crap, when, again, when you get to that point when you're like, how could I have stopped this earlier? Do you have any go-to things that you do to like kick it up a notch? Yeah, and, and interestingly enough, and I'm not just saying this because you just asked this question, but music is a huge thing for me. So um, music and dancing is a big part. You know, it's like the science behind change your physiology. If you change your state, then you change your Mm -hmm. mood. Something that I try and teach my kids uh, as well. So um, on the, like, if I'm in the moment, we're going to dance it out. And if I have the time, then I'll go run. It's the same kind of idea. I'm going to blast some music in my headphones and I'm going to just do something physical with my body is the quickest way to change my mood. I love it. And that's um, what I do too. And then what about when you can't run? Um, (laughs) Right. Um, Asking for a friend. Yeah, no, I mean, I love, um, I'm a big book nerd. So that's my, like, if I'm stressed out or feeling like I need a moment to myself, I I escape in the pages of a book. I love nonfiction to like help my life be better, but I also love fiction to just escape. I have a hard time reading fiction these days. And I, I sometimes I go through this process where I'm like, I need to read more fiction. But I don't know, I figure just do what you love. But is there a fiction book you love? Oh, gosh, how to even choose how about like the most my, recent, my favorite child? Recent. Um, my favorite, oh, golly, my favorite fiction of all time is um, Outlander, the Outlander series. Oh, uh, yeah, yes. which I know is a TV show, but I don't even acknowledge that because that's no. not what they look like in my mind. Yeah, and also uh, I've I've read I think about half of the Outlander series, and the other thing that Eric likes to note about the Outlander series is that, that it directly benefits him. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You're, all of yeah. a sudden you're like I'm in love with you because Claire's in love with Jamie, yes. and it feels fine. And I like to yeah, tell yeah. people if you've never read them, I personally think you only only need to read book one and two. I don't think you need to do anything after that. But yeah, I loved those. 
I love that. Okay, that's a good reminder because I'm always recommending a bunch of nonfiction, but some good fiction recommendations. That's awesome. And then what is a gift, a product, or something that you've been giving people lately that you just love? You're just obsessed with Oh, it. my goodness. What is a... I'm like looking around my office as if something's going to right? Other than your appear. book. Other than your um, book. <laughs> oh, gracious. What is a gift? What? Oh, well, I mean, this is so not um, creative or new, but I give every person who has a child uh, freshly picked moccasins, just like literally every person. And that's what's in my head right now because I just bought like four pairs. Well, you know that my best friend is Susan Peterson of Freshly Picked Moccasins. I swear so. to you that I did not know that. And if I had, then I would know? ask why I am paying full retail price when you have that connection. Because yeah. I just bought yeah, four pairs like, of moccasins and three yes. of them were for my daughter. So I'm going to need a connection, please. Yeah, that's going to be real easy and happen real <laughs> fast. Like, give that I really had no idea. I just seconds. A friend just had a baby and I went and bought her little newborn um, buttercup yellow ones. And I was like, well, well, oh. while I'm here, no one needs some new shoes. Definitely. Well, they're really the best. And I always say this. I always say I loved the shoes before I loved nice. the woman. Like I loved the moccasins before they're I loved so good. the well, woman. Well, they made the ones. Um, the reason I went and bought Noah a bunch because they made the ones with the um that they have like a bottom now. Like if you're if you have a walker, yeah, so the because all of them yeah. she's like wearing through the bottom. So that was like praise the Lord. This is everything I need and want. Okay, Rachel, this has just been so much fun. I'm so glad we got to like chat. Yeah, thank you so much. I super appreciate the time. And so when the humans, I mean, you've got a podcast, you do um, a weekly show on Facebook, you've got like, where can the humans find My you? favorite platform is Instagram, because it's pretty and it makes me awesome. happy. And there are memes on Instagram, which is basically how Excellent. my marriage, you know, thrives is just us sending memes to each other all day. Uh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Miss Rachel Hollis on Instagram. And that's my favorite place to hang out. I love it. Okay, Miss Rachel Hollis on Instagram, and she's killing her Instagram game lately, too. And then where's the best place for them to buy your book? And I will only link to the best uh, well, place for Well, I think Amazon, because it's just so darn easy. But you can get it at Target yes. and Walmart and Sam's Club and Barnes & Noble and just any old place that your heart would desire. Oh, just any old place, because that's just how a New York Times bestselling author we rules. Try. Any old place you want. Yes. Okay, so we will link to Rachel's book. We're going to link to her on Instagram. We're going to link to all the places you can find her. She is not hard to find, because no. she is doing her job really, really well. Rachel, thank you so much thank for being you. here. We absolutely love you, and this was so Thanks, much fun. Thanks, bro. I super appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. I hope you wrote down Rachel's two questions that can change your life to give you a quick review. They are, what set this off? What could I have done earlier? I hope that like me, you are inspired to write down your 10 goals as if you've already achieved them. And honestly, if nothing else, I hope that you go find Rachel on Instagram, Facebook, her podcast. And when you go and find her, will you tell her that you came over from the awesome empire and that you loved hearing her on the podcast and just thank her for being so generous with her time and her information? Because I love when people come over to me and say, hey, Rachel Hollis sent me. It just, it makes my day. So if you guys will go over, visit Rachel, engage with her and say, hey, I'm Allison. I'm part of the awesome empire she sent me. And thank you so much, Rachel. We love you. We are so grateful. This is episode 50. Eric. Yeah, huge. Are you even excited? I can't control myself myself right now. (laughs) You know, Eric, he's always just dancing on the ceiling. We just love creating this podcast for you. In In the essence of time and saving time, we are not going to read a review, but please keep leaving them because we are still doing our sharing is caring bonanza and I will give away extra goodies on my Instagram account this week if you tag me and tell me also that you listened and you loved it and that you share about it and also if you go over and say hi to Rachel so I'll be looking for that on Instagram at the Allison show and again we love you and we're just so grateful that you're here I want to remind you that only you can be you and you are already as awesome as you need to be. Eric, what are we going out on? This is called Grown Up Talk in our Pleasant Pictures Music Club Library. (laughs) 